Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are starting uh, what I believe to be a fascinating new sermon series called Living a Foolproof Life. And what we're going to be doing in this particular series is we're going to be exploring some of the ancient Hebrew wisdom found in the book of Proverbs to see what this God-inspired wisdom might just have to teach us regarding how we can live better, less foolish lives. So this morning, and to kind of set the foundation for the rest of the series, what I hope to show you is how wisdom actually works. Or how wisdom is not necessarily about true or false, black or white, which is the way we normally think about things, but actually about order and chaos. But to do that, I'm going to have to to make some of you uncomfortable for a moment by showing you two proverbs that are right next to each other that, logically speaking, contradict one another or seem to give us conflicting information. So Proverbs 24, 6 says this, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourselves will be just like him. And the point that I really want you to get here is, do not answer a fool according to his folly. But then what we find in the very next verse is another proverb that surprisingly says the exact opposite thing, at least in one sense. Proverbs 26.5 says this, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Which then begs the question, what are we supposed to do? I mean, are we supposed to answer the fool? Are we not supposed to answer the fool? Which one is it? And how do we know which one's right? Well, let's walk through this to see if we can't get it figured out, shall we? So when you take a step back and examine the truthfulness of verse 4, which again says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourselves will be just like him. I think we can all agree that we know this to be right, at least in one sense. And the reason we know this to be right is because at some point in our lives, we took it upon ourselves to answer the fool according to their folly. Or in other words, we tried to call out the ding-dong for doing something crazy. And of course, what happened as a result of that is instead of going on to convince the the ding-dong that they're off their rocker, we got sucked into a conversation that eventually turned into a yelling contest that in turn caused everyone involved to look and maybe even act like a fool. Married people, how many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? (laughs) Anybody? Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me, right? Now, to push this even further, if you really want to see just how true this proverb is, I want to encourage you the next time someone posts something on social media regarding a hot button topic, which you see as foolish, I want you to take an hour creating a rebuttal that is logically sound, that clearly shows the other person to be wrong and post it. Yeah? Yeah? Because for those of you who don't know, there's a 99.8% chance that your logically tied argument is not going to convince them to change their mind, but instead is not only going to cause a debate to break out between you and the fool that you're trying to answer, but it's also going to become this all-out free-for-all where everybody and their dog joins in to passionately share what they believe to be true, right? And everybody thinks they're right, which, as you know, can get nasty in a hurry, right? And then guess what happens? Everybody changes their mind and everybody agrees, right? No, no, nothing seems to happen, right? Nobody changes anybody's minds when you do. If you do, if you ever change someone's mind on Facebook, call me. I want to see it because I think that is going to be deemed a miracle. I just don't think it happens. But not only that, 
But according to this thing called the backfire effect, you might just have made the foolish person even more foolish. Because what research tells us regarding how some people respond to logical arguments that clearly prove them wrong is that they don't see the logic, they don't end up changing their minds, which is the way it's supposed to work, but instead they double down on their foolishness, which means you have just made the problem even worse. And what all of that seems to make clear for us is it sure seems to be the case that the best thing to do when we encounter a fool is not to get into it with them, but instead to just walk away. Now, while keeping that in mind, let us now turn our attention to verse 5, which, remember, says this. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. So, so again, unlike verse 4 tells us not to answer the fool, this proverb tells us to do the exact opposite thing, in that we should answer the fool, because if we don't, they're going to think they're right. Which is another thing that when you think about it in a, in a kind of different way, also seems true. Because if we don't take it upon ourselves to answer the, the ding-dongs for thinking crazy things, who else is going to do it? How else are they ever going to learn what they need to learn? Or to help you see how this truth uh, might kind of play itself out in the real world, um, there was this place along the river when I was growing up called 50 Foot. And the reason we called it 50 foot is because in the process of tearing down an old dam, they left a platform, a high platform along the riverbank that was about 50 feet up, which of course for teenagers at that time, it was an absolute ball. So of course we were there all the time. But what you've got to understand about jumping from that high uh, above the water is it was extremely dangerous. Well, on one occasion when we were out there, you know, having fun doing all that kind of stuff, for some reason, one of my friends thought it would be a great idea not just to jump in or to dive in or to do a flip. No, my friend, for whatever reason, thought it would be a good idea to do a belly flop from 50 feet up. Yeah, that's the response you should have, right? It could not only kill him, but could injure him for his entire life. Well, what I was faced with in that moment is I could either choose not to have a conversation with my foolish friend because he might, I might get sucked into a foolish argument, or I could answer the fool according to his folly so he doesn't end up continuing to believe that doing a belly flop from 50 foot up is a good idea. So, of course, what I did, me and some of my friends there, we, we took it upon ourselves to answer the fool according to his folly so he didn't end up killing himself. And thankfully, he listened to all of our voices. Then, to, to kind of push the, the wisdom of this particular proverb even further... I sure wish that there were a whole lot more people who would have called out that fool Hitler for his notion of the final solution and all the horrors of concentration camps that, that, so they would have never happened. I also wish for all the school shootings that we've had in this country, I wish that just one person in those people's lives would have taken the time to challenge those people's belief so it didn't happen. Which again makes it clear that in a whole lot of cases, what we are called to do is answer the fool according to his folly or he will be wise in his own eyes. Okay, so, so now that I've walked you through both of these Proverbs, re revealing the truth that is contained in both of them, even though one says, answer the fool, the other says, don't answer the fool, what that does is it actually gets us to the place where we can start to understand how Proverbs or ancient Hebrew wisdom is supposed to work. And in turn, how we're supposed to make sense of them to live better, less foolish lives. So contrary to popular belief, Hebrew Proverbs are not meant to be understood as universal truths 
or things that are true in every situation in that if you'll just choose to never answer the fool, you're always going to be right. Now, what we find in the wisdom of Proverbs is a kind of contextual or situational truth in that in some situations, the right thing to do is answer the fool, while in other situations, not to answer the fool is the best way to go about it. Or to maybe help you guys see this a bit more clearly, um, let me show you how this wisdom works even today. We've got modern day Proverbs that we use. We actually think like this. We just don't know we think like this. So how many of you have ever heard this saying before? Look before you leap. Yeah. How many of you live by look before you leap? I mean, I think there's a whole lot of wisdom there. And then even more than that, I think we, in a sense, we live by all that. So in one sense, this wisdom is completely and totally true in that before you make any kind of big decisions, before you make any jump, it's a good idea to weigh all your options, look at all the risk before you take the jump, right? Simple, straightforward, logical. But while keeping that proverb in mind, how many of you have heard something like, he who hesitates is lost? Well... When you think about it in one sense, that can also be true regarding some things in life. Because if you do hesitate or if you do take the time to to look before you leap, you're going to miss out on something you should have done, something that could have made your life better. Well, what these two modern-day Proverbs show us regarding how wisdom in general works is that, again, wisdom is not something that is always true, nor something that you can just use in all times and in all places, but instead is true or right given what's going on in the moment or wisdom is contextually true. Or to put it in a way I think we all get intuitively, wisdom is complicated. And the reason wisdom is complicated is because life is complicated. Or or the reason why making the best decisions, doing what is right in a whole lot of cases is difficult and a bit fuzzy is because life in all of its complexity is difficult and fuzzy. Or how many of you would just love to live in a world that is all black and white and you know exactly what to do in every situation? How many of you live in that world? Anybody? No, we live in a world where decisions are hard. We live in a world where we have to do some thinking, some wrestling, and all of that kind of stuff. So now that I've walked you through all of that, I bet what's going on in most of your brains at this point is the question. Well, now that I can see that wisdom has to be kind of a situational thing, then how am I supposed to know what to do? Or how am I supposed to know whether to answer the fool or not answer the fool? Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for asking that question because that really helps move this sermon along in the right way. (laughs) And then secondly, to know how to use wisdom in the right way, we've all got to learn how to think a little less like a modern person and more like ancient Hebrews. Because what you'll find when you do some digging into how the ancient Hebrews thought about and used wisdom is, again, they never thought about it as as this black and white, true or false kind of thing. But instead, they thought about wisdom in regards to order and chaos. Order and chaos. Or according to one of my favorite Old Testament scholars, John Walton, he says in Israel, order was their most important value. That's kind of how they shaped their lives. And when you think about it, In the creation story, creation brought orders to the heavens and the earth. That's what God is doing in the beginning. Politics and law brought order to society in our lives. That's what God is doing by giving us the Ten Commandments, or just commandments in general. And then etiquette, the way they lived their lives, brought order to human relationship. Which means wisdom is is not something that they saw as true or false, black or white, but wisdom was a process of bringing order to the world. Or, to make it a bit more simple, for them to be wise was to to make things better, 
to bring order to the world. Foolishness was when you did something that made it worse, to, to, to make things in disorder. And I think that's really, really important again. So to be wise meant that they would make decisions that are bringing about order. And to be unwise, to be foolish, is to cause disorder. So, um, ultimately what that helps us to understand, not only about wisdom in general, but about how to answer the question, how will we know what to do in a given situation, is that it's all based on order and chaos. And that if the wisdom you think you should use in that situation is going to bring order and going to make things better, then you need to use it. But if you ever happen into a situation where that wisdom is going to cause chaos, then you don't use it. Or, or to go back to our examples that we talked about earlier. If answering a fool for their folly on Facebook is going to make things worse, then what? Don't do it. But if you have a friend who's convinced that it's okay to jump and do a belly flop from 50 foot up, what do you need to do? Order and chaos. Do you see how that works? It's absolutely brilliant. Or maybe the question we should ask ourselves over and over again when going about life, trying to make all these decisions uh, is... Is this decision going to make things better or worse? Is it going to cause chaos or is it going to bring order? What comes to my mind are conversations that I have with my children, right? How many of you guys know that there's sometimes you need to have conversations and set things right? And there's other times you just need to let it go because it's only going to make things worse. Anybody know? Is this, I'm the only one who has that problem? No, I think we all live with that, right? So we use this wisdom all the time. We just don't think about them in those categories. Okay, so now that you're starting to understand how Proverbs work, my hope is this. In your attempt to live foolproof lives, lives that are full of wisdom and purpose and meaning, is that with God's help and guidance, you will get really, really good at making wise decisions by becoming the kind of people, just like the Hebrews, that are all about bringing order and fighting against chaos. You guys see that? Right? Doesn't that make sense of the world that we live in way more so in different ways? Or are you guys just disturbed? I can't tell. <laughs> right? This is the way it's always been, right? Um, oftentimes people will see this and it troubles them because it seems to be a contradiction right there in the middle of the Bible, which would be a big deal. Uh, but what you guys got to understand is that we don't think like they thought. They thought in, in order and chaos, and if you put it together in that way, you're going to find that if you use this on a daily basis, it will help you to make good and right decisions. It will help you to live a more foolproof life. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning uh, so excited about this sermon series and what it has to teach us all about living a better life. And today, as we wrestle with how um, wisdom works. Help us to see, Lord, that it's a, it's a little more complex than maybe we thought, but that, that's the way it's always been. In fact, it's absolutely brilliant. It's something that God inspired and helps us to make good and right decisions in our lives. So, Lord, help us to understand that order and chaos, that this idea that's in the background of these Proverbs is how we're going to figure out what we need to do in given situations. And ultimately, Lord, we want to be a people just like you, you're a God who brings order to the chaos. We want to do the exact same thing. So, Lord, teach us how to be wise and not foolish so we can live into the life that you've created us for. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.